0: When we hear the word ascension, many images probably come to mind, but to truly ascend, one must go inward first. It is only by communing with the Divine Spirit within, growing in consciousness, and practicing the presence of God that we can truly rise above the turmoil and distractions of this present world. True spiritual growth cannot be attained inside of a building constructed by human hands nor can it be found at the feet of some special teacher it can only be discovered in the secret chamber of your own heart are you ready to ascend then light the candle of your mind and soul and enter in welcome Blessings one and all, and welcome to the Ascension Podcast. I'm your host, Paul James Caden, and this week I have uh, another very interesting show for all of you. I wasn't sure I was going to be able to do a show this week. My schedule's been uh, pretty hectic, but lo and behold, the stars have aligned, and I was able to record this podcast, and uh, I'm very glad that uh, that time presented itself, because I think this is a very important and interesting, thought-provoking topic. You know, last week uh, we talked about the missing 411 cases and invisible predators. What is it that's taking people? And does it tie into some of these invisible predators that people claim to see, Out in the woods or out in the middle of nowhere, these things that look like the predator in stealth mode or the saran wrap creature that uh, Kevin and I mentioned uh, a couple of times in the show. Well, the interesting thing is, this week uh, we're going to be tying some things into this, talking about the missing 411 cases, cryptids and the djinn. Now, a lot of us, when we hear the word jinn, we have some idea about what that is, but we don't know the full story. Here in our Western culture, we're blind to a lot of things, and we dismiss a lot of things out of hand because, well, it's just not logical. It doesn't line up with our cultural mentality. It doesn't line up line up with our Western Uh, brand of Christianity, or what I call it many times, churchianity, because we we have a lot of opinions and doctrines of men uh, passed off as uh, the doctrines and teachings of God, and uh, really I think that handicaps us in a lot of ways, you know, um, spiritually, logically, Even in our education about spiritual things, there's a lot, so much, that we are ignorant of and blind to in our Western cultures. But when it comes to the subject of the jinn, if you look to the Middle Eastern countries, uh, especially in the religion of Islam, we hear a lot about these beings, the jinn they're written about in the Quran, But what are they? Who are they? Do they exist? And if they do, what do they want with human beings? How do they affect us and how would they possibly tie into the missing 411 cases or cryptids? Well, first and foremost, uh, I think we need to... At least a brief summary of what the jinn are. And as explained in the Quran, God existed first and foremost, and he created the angels out of pure light. Then he created the jinn, who is said to be made of a smokeless fire. And in the Islamic lore and tradition, it is said that the jinn inhabited the earth before man did, but eventually the jinn started to destroy the earth uh, and even one another because they're they're much like us. There are good jinn, there are bad jinn, there are those who kind of have a mix of both, like human beings. You know, they have their good points and their bad points, but eventually. God created man out of water and earth. And there was a point where God said to the angels, you know, to show respect to God and respect to man, who is a little lower than the angels, by kneeling before man. But then there was this being called Ablis, who was the head of the jinn clan, and he refused to bow before man. He said, "No, I am superior. I am made of a smokeless fire. This being is made of mud. I am superior to him. So he refused the commandment of God. and hence it was Ablis who became or is Satan. In the Islamic tradition, they say the angels of light, these pure creations of God, never fell from grace. They are perfect in their station as God has created them. But the jinn were more like human beings. They had more of a free will to choose, um, I guess, between good and bad or choose, uh, you know, that which is wrong. And so the idea was the jinn turned against man, at least most of them. Some of them are good. Some of them help mankind. Others uh, want to destroy mankind. Basically, they want their turf back. Uh, Ablis said in the Quran, you know, this man you made, you know, I will come at him from all directions, from behind from in front of him from the sides you know he'll never see me coming i will keep attacking him until i destroy him it is said of the jinn also in the quran you know satan or Iblis and his followers among the jinn it, it says that we cannot see them but they see us from a place that we cannot perceive or see so we have this um Idea in the Arabic uh, language that they are in what we would call another dimension and they can see us and they can come through into our reality. And uh, whether it's, you know, attack us or frighten us or deceive us. And an interesting thing about the fall of man and Satan or Ablis, this head jinn in the Quran. After the fall, God tells the jinn, uh, "You you must um, you must go down from here. You are cast down from here." And again, in the Arabic langu- language, uh, many Muslim scholars who study the jinn, and uh, they also have their paranormal investigators, you know, who uh, do exorcisms or you know clean out. Uh, homesteads, if it said there is a jinn uh, infestation, that when God told uh, a belief in the jinn, you must, you know, step down from here, you are cast down from here, they were cast from our dimension. They were uh, then cast to another dimension that is perhaps very close to our own, um, but it's not the earth plane that we dwell on. And this is the place that they see us from, but we cannot perceive them from where they view us. So I just wanted to give you that little uh, thumbnail description of what the jinn are, where they come from, who they're said to be in the Islamic tradition. They're responsible for a lot of the woes uh, of man those that want to bring man down, those that want to destroy man because they look at man as the symbol of their downfall. This being of mud and clay that God created out of the earth caused the djinn to lose their place in this dimension or upon the earth where they once dwelt. And so they resent man. And they want to destroy him. They want to lead him away from God and uh, you know, ultimately destroy him from the face of the earth. So let's go back now to this idea or this thought in the Muslim tradition and in the Quran that the jinn are created out of a smokeless Fire. Now, what is that? Well, again, a lot of people that uh, study the jinn and even in the Islamic tradition that are very familiar familiar with them say that it sounds to them. You know, they can't say for sure, but it sounds to them from a scientific perspective that the jinn are created out of a pure energy or a plasma. A plasma-like energy. And that the true form of the jinn would just be energy. They don't have a body like we would have. They don't look like a man. They don't look like an angel. They would be pure energy or a plasma-like energy. And this is interesting because it is also said that the jinn are shapeshifters. They can look like anything that they want. And this is why Islam uh, warns us and says, Hey, be careful when you're following after you know dreams and visions and apparitions. We see a lot of people that say, Well, I had this vision of Jesus. I had this uh, vision or saw this apparition of the Virgin Mary or an angel or whatever the case may be. And we see a lot of people when they have these uh, apparition experiences, Uh, a lot of them, not all, but but quite a few of them uh, really get off into some really strange and fanatical behaviors and beliefs. And uh, the Islamic tradition... And the Quran warns us and says most people worship the jinn, though they know it not. Because it's very likely the jinn that is uh, much like uh, Satan spoken of in the Bible, masquerading as the angel of light. They look like Mother Mary. They look like Jesus. They look like an angel. They look like some Six-armed Hindu God appearing to someone saying, you know, follow me, follow my religion, I'll show you the way. And they do this to deceive us and lead us away from the one true God. So the Quran warns us uh, and the, the Islamic tradition warns us to be very careful about... Uh, apparitions and visions, these things that might appear and seem like that they are a heavenly being, but it could be the jinn. Another thing about the jinn is that it is hypothesized uh, in the Islamic tradition that they feed off of our human energy system. And so when we are in anger or fear or turmoil, we put out a lot of negative energy or thought, and this is what they feed on. These beings that are, you know, composed of smokeless fire or energy or a plasma, they somehow feed off of that heightened energy or. thought energy how or spiritual energy how however you want to define it when it's coming from a place of fear or anger and so they like to, they like to keep us in that state now it's interesting again to think about what does that sound like when we hear about the archons out of the gnostic tradition who like to keep man in turmoil because they feed off of that negative energy. They feed off of that fear. They feed off of that anger and that rage. But it said that the jinn do the same thing. It's also said in the Islamic tradition that this is how the jinn are drawn to us. They're kind of like predators or parasites and they can see when a person is putting out a lot of this kind of energy, fear, anger, hatred, rage, whatever it might be, and they're drawn to us. They're like sharks that smell blood in the water, and they're drawn to that energy. And they can start to oppress us, haunt us, and even if we allow it, to possess us. Like demonic possession. So I want to point something out here uh, as we kind of now start to bridge that gap between the djinn, the cryptids, and the missing 411 cases. Is to think about this, every tradition, every tradition, every religion in the world in our past has had their belief has had their stories about these beings that were shapeshifters, were drawn to people based on bad things that we did, and that these beings, many times, would take people. Sometimes they would return them, other times they would never be Seen again. Now, all of these things are characteristics of the jinn. They're shapeshifters. They can look like anything that they want to, or anyone that they want to. They can look like a dog, a cat, an owl, an alien, Jesus, Mary, an angel, a demon. Um, they can even, uh, many times impersonate the spirits of our deceased loved ones. And this is why, uh, we have to be uh, very careful when it comes to, uh, things like mediumship and, uh, speaking to the dead and the jinn also, they're drawn to us, uh, when we put out a lot of negative energy, whether it be fear or anger or greed. And it is said of the jinn in the Islamic tradition that, yes, they have been known to take people. And sometimes they return them, and sometimes they are never seen or heard from again. It is also said of the jinn that when they do impersonate something when they shapeshift there will always be something wrong with the form that they take if they take the form of a dog it might be missing a leg it may uh, take the form of an animal but that animal may look particularly uh, deformed or malevolent and you'll hear people say when they see see these uh, Cryptid creatures or things in the woods that, you know, were uh, kind of creepy or scary. They'll say, well, it looked like a dog, but it didn't look like any dog that I ever saw. You know, the teeth on this thing, the face on this thing, the claws on this thing, the size of this thing. It smelled really bad. It smelled like rotten eggs. It smelled like a rotting corpse. So there's always something wrong, something off with the form that the djinn takes. And you hear a lot of these uh, stories as well, you know, people that saw like, you know, an owl, but there was something about the owl. The eyes seemed to glow or, you know, it seemed to have an almost human expression glaring at the person, you know, with, with malevolence or with this feeling came from the owl that was, you know, watching them. You know, when you hear about this kind of thing in alien abduction scenarios, you know, that every time uh, the person is abducted, there's always the owl outside their window or the bird or the dog. And there's something wrong or eerie or creepy about that dog or that owl or that bird or whatever it is. So we see this phenomenon showing up even in alien, alien abduction stories. Uh, this certainly fits the profile of the djinn. And now with that being said, let's think about cryptids. What are cryptids? They are generally things that look like animals or half-man, half-animal. Whether it's Bigfoot, whether it's Dogman, whether it's Lizardman, whether it's the Jersey Devil, whether it's Mothman... We have all these different animalistic, animal-like creatures that people have seen out in the woods or, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, up in the mountains. And there's always something, again, that's wrong with these creatures. You know, they look kind of animalistic. They look kind of human, half man half snake, half alligator, half, you know, whatever they might be. But there's just something that's hideous about them and scary. And people often say that they this feel that that uh, that feeling of like evil and malevolence, you know, we you hear stories of like the winged creatures like a Mothman chasing the car down, you know, the dark road in the country. And they, they're just so afraid. They know, you know, whatever this thing is, man, they, they can't let it catch them. It's evil. It means them harm. So when we think about cryptids, they definitely fit the characteristics and the profile of the jinn. And also think about this when it comes to cryptids. A lot of people see them, but there's always something different about the way they look. Well, I saw Mothman, and he looked like a man with these big wings on his back. Well, I saw Mothman, but he didn't have any arms. He just had wings. He looked like a big bird. He looked like an owl. He looked like a bat. He looked like, you know, something else. He was hairy. He was not hairy. He was kind of scaly, yet he was hairy. So there's always these little changes in the way that these cryptids look when you hear them described in the eyewitness accounts. So again, there we have that notion, that idea, that blueprint of the djinn taking the form of something, but it's always imperfect. And maybe the case being, it tries to duplicate the same form twice, but never really actually... Perfects it the way that it would like to. So there's a, those differences in the eyewitness accounts. It had hands, it didn't have hands. It had arms, it didn't have arms. It was eight foot tall, it was six foot tall. It looked like a man, it looked like an owl, it looked like a bird. You know, so there's always there's always these little differences and sometimes uh, you know, pretty big differences in the description of these cryptid creatures, and this possibly could be why. It's not that the eyewitnesses are explaining it wrong or hallucinating. It's because the cryptid itself, being a djinn, isn't always duplicating the form it wants to take perfectly. Or we could say uh, almost never the same twice. A lot of individuals also believe when it comes to the shadow people, the hat man and all of these uh, kind of beings that come to people in the night are uh, manifestations of the jinn. And they say this because, you know, they're dark, they're a shadow, but there always seems to be a sheen around them, like a bluish sheen. And they say that is kind of the... Uh, Evidence of kind of a, a plasma form, you know, that smokeless fire. And the way these things will terrorize people, they're terrorizing them to feed on that energy of fear. But make no mistake about it, the, the jinn are said to be very dangerous if you don't, ha- don't know how to deal with them. And they will terrorize us. They will attack us. They will assault us. They will sexually abuse some people in the form of what we call the incubus and the succubus. They will try to possess us, as we say, you know, demonic possession. And ultimately, yes, the demon can't, or the, the jinn can and will and has been known to kill humans. So there's a lot about this uh, shadow people phenomenon that really does, uh, again, line up with the characteristics and the uh, the spiritual profile of the jinn. And so let's think about it this way. Either we live in a universe and we live in a world that is so multidimensional and we have all these other beings that... You know, are coming through our reality. You know, there's Sasquatch, there's Mothman, there's the Jersey Devil, there's aliens, there's Greys, there's reptilians. You know, there's all these different beings, which is certainly possible. You know, the the multiverse, uh, you know, theory certainly can't be uh, dismissed, but it's also very possible that. All of the things that we see passing through our world and sometimes are very unpleasant and sometimes interacting with us in very unpleasant ways, they're not a host of different beings who have it in for mankind, but they are the same being who has it in for mankind and looks to terrorize us, hurt us, lead us astray, and that would be the jinn, something that can look any way that it wants to at any given point. So if we are going to look at this from the religious aspect of the Bible, of the Quran, that there is a Satan, a devil, this this being that fell, whether we want to say it's an angel or it was the jinn, which to me, uh, personally, when I really think about it, uh, the story of the jinn makes a lot more sense to me. Because the jinn were spiritual beings and some of them did serve God. Some of them were in the presence of God. So these beings could have fell. These beings could have been jealous over man and wanted to destroy him and take back their dimension, their earth, their old turf that they were ousted from because of man who was made of clay. But if such a being or beings exist, then naturally why wouldn't they come to us in so many forms to try to deceive and terrorize and scare and keep us in upheaval all of the time, drawing us closer to our own destruction and further away from the one true God. So how does this all tie in uh, with the missing 411 cases? Well, an interesting thing to think about would be this. When we were talking on last week's show about the creature that people see in the woods, and I happen to see one back in the late 80s. I told that story last week. Something that looked like the predator in stealth mode. Or what many people say, it looked like a creature that was made out of saran wrap. You could see it, but you couldn't see it. Everything was kind of blurred behind it. You could see the outline and the shape of it, but you couldn't tell exactly what it was. Or maybe it was the shape of a man that looked like it was uh, composed of uh, clear saran wrap. Well, think about that for a minute. As they say, if, if a being from another dimension were to stand in front of you, it was a color you couldn't see, a, a vibration you couldn't particularly pick up on in your you know with your human-limited uh, sight, it could be invisible to you, or it might look like a dark shadow, hence the shadow man. They're a darkness that's darker than the night. How many of us have... Explain that in our lives. I saw something. It was in my room. It was outside the house. It was darker than the night. You know, it was. You, you could see its form. It was so black. Well, this would be a being that would be from another dimension. And this this is uh, actually explained scientifically how your eyes would perceive these things, or you might see them as the saran wrap creature. The being you can see but not quite see. Or maybe what you're seeing, well, what would look like saran wrap? What could look like the predator out of the movie in stealth mode? This kind of amorphous swirling blob uh, of, of something in the form of a man that's eight foot tall or a form of a creature that's eight foot tall. You see it but you don't see it. Well, what would the saran wrap, what could it be? Well, it could also be composed of some kind of plasma and we said earlier how many uh, theorize and hypothesize that the true form of the jinn the smoke, smokeless fire is likely to be some kind of plasma type energy so once again we're seeing uh, the fingerprint of the jinn coming through Uh, where people are seeing these uh, saran wrap uh, type creatures uh, in connection uh, possibly with the missing 411 cases. Or thinking, hey, I saw this thing out there. Uh, Is it what is taking people? My guess would probably, probably be yes, it is. Because as we mentioned earlier in the beginning of this podcast, the jinn have also been known to take people. Sometimes they're returned, sometimes they are not. And there are many accounts in the Islamic tradition of the jinn taking people. as we have in other traditions across the world. You know, these, these beings, you know, whether it was the fairies or the wood folk or whatever they were, you know, uh, if you saw them, uh, you might be in trouble because they might grab you and take you to fairyland or take you wherever, you know, they're they're going to take you or they're going to eat you or whatever the case may be. Well, again, the jinn are said to uh, to do the same thing. They will take people. And there is a, there is a story in the Islamic tradition. I don't remember the guy's name, but there was an individual in in one of the villages who uh, disappeared for um, it was a while. It, it was a good uh, week or two, you know, maybe more. And you know uh, he finally resurfaced, you know wherever they found him, you know wandering in the the desert, and uh, they asked him where where he was, and he said that the jinn took him. Well, where did they take you? Where were you? He we said, they they took him to the land of the jinn, and I find that interesting because if you go back and you look at some of these accounts of people um who say that they were driving down the road they were walking down the road and uh you know suddenly they found themselves in a place that was not familiar it was no longer the park they were walking through it was no longer their backyard it was no longer you know the road leading home that they were driving on and everything looks so bizarre you know and and some of these accounts they say there were Strange looking beings who are just kind of glaring at them, looking at them like they didn't belong there. Were these the jinn? Are these accounts just fantasy? Some of them might be, but there's enough of them from around the world where people just found themselves in a very unfamiliar surrounding. That I think it's possible that some of the people who are taken are taken somewhere else that interdimensional doorway that portal if you will will open up and something takes us out of our reality and maybe these people who have stumbled into these realities and came back well maybe they were brought there on purpose and they were being glared at because they were the kind of people that didn't fit a certain Uh, description a certain energy type not the kind of people they wanted to keep so they let them go but that's just my hypothesis on all of that but it's very interesting to think about this gentleman in the uh, Islamic story was taken to the land of the jinn and he was with them for X amount of days or weeks before they let him go But some people uh, are never let go. They're, they're taken by the jinn and they're never seen again. So what do they do with them? What happens to them? Well, that we really don't know. So when you really do an in-depth study on the jinn, what they are, um, who they are, what their uh, beef is with human beings, what they're capable of, what they do. And the bad ones are, are definitely not something that, uh, you know, we're to take lightly. They they can cause an awful lot of damage, an awful lot of destruction in the lives of a human being. They can make us sick. They can terrorize us. Um, they can cause us physical death. And even in the Islamic tradition... Uh, you know, the folks who deal with these things all the time, believe in their existence, they're not always easy to get rid of. Sometimes, uh, it, it takes, uh, a lot of effort, you know, uh, on the part of the, uh, the exorcist, uh, to get rid of these things. And the interesting thing is also, and, uh, this is kind of an odd point, but but I've ran across it several times. When it comes to the djinn, who can also cause paranormal type activities, haunted houses. Uh, if one is drawn to us, it's in our home. We can have you know these poltergeist type activities, which again is interesting because what is a poltergeist? It is usually something that is drawn... Uh, usually people, children, teenagers between the ages, I think of like 15 and 18, but they're usually drawn where there's a lot of energy, a lot of hormones, a lot of, uh, you know, kids that are going through those changes and the energy is just, oh, they're rebellious. They're all over the place or people that are having a lot of, you know, not all the time, but sometimes, you know, quite a bit of the time you'll find the person is going through a difficult time in their lives or just getting back on their feet from a difficult time. So poltergeists, they seem to be uh, a lot of the times drawn to this disruptive energy around human beings. Well, again, the jinn do these things. But back to the point I was going to make: uh, when there is an issue with the jinn, whether they are taking up residence in a house, whether they are—you're um, talking about jinn possession—it is not always, and, and you can look this up in a lot of, uh, you know, paranormal uh, investigation cases. It is not always the best thing to do. You know, we think in in the Christian West, I'm going to call the pastor, I'm going to call the priest, we're going to do an exorcism. They're not always very successful with dispelling the djinn. Because there are certain ways that these things must be handled that we are unaware of. We think we're just going to cast them out. We're going to, you know, whatever the case may be. But that's not always the case. Unfortunately, uh, (laughs) you know, our uh, religious training uh, doesn't always do the trick in getting rid of these things. And we're best to consult somebody who knows a lot more about them than we do here in the West, who just kind of lumps everything together under demonology. And thinking, you know, there's the, the one size fits all to get rid of these things because they can be very, very difficult to get rid of. And sometimes they're not getting rid of at all, especially when they're dealt with through our Western culture, our Western brand of Christianity methods. We don't get rid of them at all. So that's a very, uh, very interesting point to think about. The last thing uh, I'd like to bring up is that there are some people who try to control the jinn, like people in the occultism who try to summon demons and get demons on their side. Uh, There are people who try to uh, summon the jinn to do their bidding, to hurt people, to spy on people, to bring people misfortune. And uh, here's something you can look up. I don't... Is it Iran or Iraq? And I, I can't remember the—I never pronounce the guy's name right unless I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm going to sound like an idiot here, <laughs> but uh, who's the guy? Uh, a, uh, his name is a, 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 Be, a Benedita Job or <laughs> something like that. You probably know who I'm talking about. Well, one of his government advisors has used magic to summon the jinn to spy on people in the CIA, the FBI, the American government, other people across the world. And when asked, you know, and and there was an article on this, I think in the LA Times, if I'm not mistaken. But there's actually an article about, you know, this guy's advisor summoning the jinn for political purposes. To spy on people, to hurt people, and when asked about it, he said, "Of course, why wouldn't I? You know, uh, use the assistance of the jinn." And you know that says something about the state of our government, the state of our world. If they're doing it, I'm sure people here in the United States government are doing it. Summoning things they have no idea what they're even dealing with. To try to help them stay in power, keep power, gain more wealth, overcome the enemy who they perceive the enemy to be. How many times have we heard it said? Well, the American government—they're, you know—they're in cahoots with uh, somebody out there, you know, from another planet. They know aliens exist. They have some kind of alliance with these things. Well, chances are they're probably not aliens if there's somebody giving them technology and promising them the world. It is probably the djinn. So if we think our governments, uh, you know, don't try to employ these things for their own purposes, uh, I think we're deceiving ourselves. And this is where we see, uh, you know, the prophecies of the Bible and even, uh, you know, spoken of in the Quran, where as we approach uh, the last day, you know, men will be uh, in droves heading in the wrong direction, doing evil, departing from the teachings of the one true God. Worshipping the jinn, though they know not, even though maybe some of them do know, but they don't care if they think it can get them what they want. Not to mention how these things could, uh, you know, certainly influence religious leaders and look how they've influenced them. Look over the last couple of years, how many false prophets have come out in in, uh, Christianity And I know there's some people out there that don't want to hear this, but look how so many of them acted over the whole uh, Donald Trump phenomenon. Had people convinced this guy was practically uh, the second coming of Jesus or the next King David. Running after the kings of the earth when we're supposed to have no one above God. And we've gotten our religion mixed with politics but politics is certainly mixing with religion because who knows what these people are teaming up with or summoning, or making deals with? So folks, we have to be careful with all of this because uh, you know, I, I think the deception and the problem, and uh, you know, the attack of the you know, the jinn, runs far and wide and deep in our world probably probably more than we know and i used to hear a lot of islamic people when you talk about the problems of the world and apparitions and ghosts and you know all these different things and cryptids they would always say uh it's the jinn the jinn the jinn i was like man these people are obsessed with the jinn what are they talking about you know everything is the jinn to these people, but now, now I, uh, you know, after studying the Quran, studying their religion, studying a lot of this stuff, now I understand why. And knowing what I know previously to studying it, I can look at it and say, "Holy cow! Yeah, there's a lot of earmarks of the jinn in a lot of this." And so we have to be very careful with who and what we follow because we we could be getting ourselves in a whole lot of trouble. So folks, that was the show for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. I tried to cram a lot of information into this particular podcast. Um, A lot I wanted to talk about, a lot of information I wanted to get out there for your uh, consideration. And I hope you did get something out of it. So as usual, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. Until next time, stay in the light, stay in love, walk with God, and I'll see you next time here on the Ascension Podcast.